Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 134-35. I think it's 135. I think it is 35. Underway, we got a heavy duty breakdown coming for you. Early show here in the United States. It's going to be at 10.30 a.m. Before we get into that heavyweight main event, is there anything that we need to brush up on? I know Covington and Nico Montano and everybody since last weekend has made their rounds on all of the MMA versus world, but uh, I don't know if there was a specific topic before we get into this card. Hmm. This I, everyone that has been calling Snoop stupid as hell for With saying... Uh, Kobe and Tiller, the same guy? Yeah, fuck Trump, fuck Trump. <laughs> Wakanda, Wakanda. <laughs> that made me laugh. And now re-watching it, he's just trying to be funny. He's not even trying to insinuate that Till is Colby and he doesn't think he is the whole time. He's just making... Like, he almost made the video for Tyron Woodley to laugh. Uh-huh. But I did like when um, Tyron Woodley had Till in the submission, and Snoop says, that's called the dark. <laughs> <laughs> stupid old Snoop. It's so stupid, but that's it made me funny. laugh. Um, there has been other talk. Yeah, the stripping of Nico is making its wave on whether that's right or wrong. And here at Lappy, you know that we think you guys shall be free. If you can't make weight, you're not a champion. You are not my champion. Uh, Another champion who's been reprimanded as of late, Fabrizio Verdum, is officially on two-year suspension after the ruling in his USADA case where they're like, "Uh, no bullshit, you knew you you were taken. So they gave him pretty much the max. I think it's two to four years, maybe four years is the max. But he's over. He's 42 now. Yep. So if he retires, then he can get out and maybe just go do a grappling scene thing. But his he's got a life in coaching. Or maybe he just goes and does Eddie Bravo invitationals or something. Totally. But he's going to have to retire from the UFC. Or Sug does some submission underground stuff. Which, have you seen much of that lately? I Not lately. I haven't at all, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah. Unfortunate. They had yeah, a good maybe it stuff. just fell out. But there's a lot of new other promotions starting up as well. There was just Who's That? Adam Hunter, the MMA comedy roasted guy, uh-huh. he's proposing with a couple MMA guys a type of re- catch wrestling tournament that seems like, or no, it's like a bully beatdown where they go from town to town and if you want to come in there, you'll win 500 bucks if you can beat their pro. TV's still evolving. Media's still evolving. We're going to get a lot of crazy ass shows. Bookie beatdown, or bully beatdown, I mean, isn't the first and last of these type of shows this reality i would like it i want to watch it they say when the economy gets bad or when america heads into the shitter like campbell's soup prices go up i would say that as america depletes as a world power i guarantee you americans watching fighting goes up there's something about the correlation of like rich people don't watch boxing and MMA. Just is what it is. 
I mean, there might be a certain few rich people, but overall, as a and class it depends of on people, what you mean rich. Because to me, having a hundred dollars is rich, but to the next man, <laughs> <laughs> well, like as a class of people. Yes, yes, like, yes, yes. The, like the one percent of the one percent. Not that they're the great people in the world. Not that they're the fun people or the people I'd want to be around. But not even the one percent. Just even. The people making over 75000 a year apiece don't tend to watch fights, I bet. Like, just pulling a figure out of my ass. I think mm. that the more money you tend to make and the more education that you tend to have, the less fights you would probably watch as a people. So what does it say about the bean when he'll watch two fo- hobos fight over a sandwich? <laughs> well, it, I just think worldwide, you know, there's becoming a bigger and bigger divide between classes and... I think so everyone's a poor person now so I think fighting will boom I see the logic it's kind of a catch-22 I feel like you damned if you do you damned if you don't maybe I'm wrong on that damned if you do what (laughs) I don't know I'm all sorts of confused I don't know what I'm even getting into it anymore we are more than the 1% we are the 99% was that an Alex Jones for That was a try in an Alex Jones. I know he's <laughs> that kind of thought, I knew who it was. <laughs> but talking about the 99%, we're going to Russia. First time ever in the motherland. We're going to have Russia versus the world in a 12-card bout. This is going to start 10.30 a.m. here on the east coast of the United States. Look at your local listings. It's going to be a fight pass exclusive Is this because event. Dana's friends with Trump, and so this is a little payback to Russia for helping him win the election? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't even know if I feel that. I don't know if they, I don't, there was no collusion officially. There was no collusion as far as I understand. <laughs> Sorry, you have to see Moscow. <laughs> so, Moscow starts from the bottom to the top. We're going to go with Mirab Dakishvili versus Tarion. Tupper, Your where favorite. Uh, both of these guys at 135 have had a few fights in the UFC. Tupperware has lost three in a row, but look at his competition level. It's been nothing but killers that he's gone in there and lost decisions, split decisions. He hasn't been outclassed completely in there, and I think a lot of people see that three-fight losing streak initially and are like off the guy, but he's getting a fourth shot in here because he's a quality fighter who's just fought quality opponents and the UFC sees that. Tarion Ware is a good striker, good takedown defense, good gas tank, has a little pop, but will knock guys down and not be able to finish them. The UFC, with all that being said, likes Tarion, but I feel like they're setting him up to come into Rasha and take a big L er, again against Dakishvili. Dakishvili is the fighter who went in there, beat Ricky Simone, pillar to post for three whole rounds and got submitted with a guillotine, which is controversial. Some people said he was out, some people didn't. I just don't understand how his head's still attached to his body and he's coming to fight so soon because that thing was deep. I think it was piss poor ring IQ to do that regardless of whether you think he made it, survived it or not. There was no reason for him to just settle into that and cost himself the fight. I still think it's stupid. I re- well, he got caught in the submission. And it, I, yeah, but instead of working to get it out or even like battling at all, he was just like, I'm just going to, 30 seconds, I can hold my breath. <laughs> I really, something, he thought something different. Like he looked at the clock somewhere in the submission and decided, I'll just settle into this. Oh, it was a deep ass. <laughs> it was deep. He looked like Darren Till in there for a little while. Oh, one of my favorite That's posts true. over the That's weekend. True. Over the weekend is 
everybody knows that people are hating on Tyron Woodley because he squished Till so hard he turned into Chael Sonnen for a second and nobody mentioned it. <laughs> and it's the truth. Look at his face. It is Chael under that armpit. Uh, I also think it's funny the interview afterward DC was talking about where he was like... Um, that's really piss poor ring IQ pretty much for Darren Till. He didn't every there's only two positions you can get into with what Tyron Woodley was setting up. He's either going to do that exact submission or elbow him. The there's darts. only two yep. things yep. that are going to happen. So the fact that Till let it happen is like stuff that you should know better than at this level of the game. Right. And he thought it was kind of ridiculous. He bad ring IQ. Oh, uh, did we see here at Lat B that Darren Till has not proved his ground game at all? You yeah, yeah. you reminded me of that for sure. Hundred percent. He's gone in there with strikers. It's gonna really piss Dana off when I, he probably will be smarter about the next fight he gives Darren Till, but in all actuality it should be Usman fighting Darren Till, which Usman wins that fight just the same way Tyron Woodley wins it. In my opinion. Totally. Totally, totally. So back anyway, to the back fight to card. Dakishvili being a huge favorite. This is going to be a common theme throughout the morning fights. Is going to be big favorites against big underdogs. And Dakishvili being 9,200 on DraftKings against 7,000 for Terry and Ware. Um, I know we like to stay away from a lot of these fights. But I feel like it's going to be hard pressed to make your DK lineups with the type of Money we see out there, and I'm really thinking Terry and Ware gets the loss here in a decision, but shows out and actually is going to be one of those cheap guys because there's not going to be many you're going to want to put money into that will give a good account of himself in a loss and give you those 40 points so that you can stack up with all these plus 9,000 fighters. Dakishvili also on the straight betting line is a minus 550 favorite, and that is not the biggest favorite of the night. Or that of the day. So who do you have in this? I got McDagashvili decision. Uh, I actually, I don't, it's, it's dumb to go with because you kind of think, oh, I should go with, if I'm going to go to decisions, stick with people that are all from that part of the world. But I don't think Russians love people from Georgia. I think there's internal conflict there. So if it's going to go to decision, I'm going to go with the underdog and I'm going to pick Terry and Ware. Wow. The three guys he's gone against, in my opinion, are better than Dakashvili, and he's made it to decision with all three of them. And the three guys he's lost to are all hype trains that deserve to be jumped on. Like, uh, you know, from Stamen, uh, our favorite Sugar Shane. Like, they're all people that are all murkers and killers. Dockish feeling nothing against him. Simone or Simon, <laughs> I didn't even think he was UFC caliber. So the fact that he got him in submission, it might have taken three rounds, but I think Terry and Ware has better ring IQ than Simone, uh, Simon, whatever. Um, I'm going to go with Ware decision here, and I don't think he's going to be worth a ton of points, but I bet he's so, so cheap that it's worth it on DraftKings to play him. I'll probably stay away from this fight unless I need to put wear on things to afford some other Russians. But Dakishvili will not be that Russian. I agree with that. I don't think Dakishvili for 9-2 in a heavy night is going to be able to put out those points. I think wear is a, he'll wear on you. He'll make you look a little bit tougher in there. Then we go into the 170-pound division where we have the returning Razam MV verse debuting Stefan Sekulik? Seklik? We got no nicknames. Actually, Envy goes by Goretz. 
Uh, we'll stick to Envy, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> Envy, we know what we're getting when he's when he comes into the UFC. He's had a few fights now, 17-3. and three. He beat Alberta Mina, Sam Alvey via decision. Um, that Sam Alvey decision was super low-paced, one of the worst fights of the year. Envy is one of these guys at 31 who could be 35. Has actually started to tone up. He was a... Didn't look necessarily like a UFC fighter, just like a guy out there, and is really starting to build that muscle mass a little bit. With this debuting fighter in Stephanie's 12 and 2, he is debuting in the UFC, losing a few fights ago via TKO, but winning his last fight via submission. And prior to that, he had a submission as well versus these SBC guys. So the 26 year old has very looping striking. Gas tank hasn't been proven. He gets in brawls with local talents. On the ground, he is good, but his entries to his takedowns weren't good. Envy showed against better fighters, better takedown defense than uh, Stefan can even throw in there. So I think this is a, a fight for Envy, whether he wants to keep it on the ground or standing, which Envy's proven he likes to keep fights striking. He has better striking, and I think it's just... Uh, putting the Russian fighter or Azerbaijan fighter against the Serbian, uh, this is going to be some Civil War type shit. But I got Envy in a decision, if not late third round finish TKO. I think it's his fight to lose. Who do you have in this fight? I feel like they're setting it up to be his fight to lose, but Envy has not done anything yet in the UFC to impress me at all. So as far as I know, this other guy could come out and just submit him in the first round. I have Envy a decision. I probably won't play it too heavy because he has yet to impress me. It's like he has all the skill set. Mm -hmm. They want this size of a fighter from uh, the caucus region to represent the area. Um, they're just not showing up. The guys that are 155, 170, 145 tend to be the better Russian fighters. But, um, I mean, I guess we'll see. But he went to decision with no activity and lost Sam Alvey. Uh, so if this guy even comes out and throws any kind of business, it could scare him. I'm going to stay away from this. Envy decision. Envy coming in as a minus 525 favorite against the plus 115. Stefan, also DraftKings wise, we have a 9,300 for Envy against 6,900 on DraftKings. Ugh, that's steep. You have to pretty much guarantee a finish How on DraftKings. How much and Terry and where? Uh, Dakishvili ended up being... Sorry. Let me see. I got, got you here. 9,200 against 7,000 for Terry and Ware. I think I'm going to play Terry and Ware. I'm going to play Wager Gager. I was I saying already, right? I think we're both Out on the, the same. Night. I even think he could win. You think he's at least going to go to decision. So I think worth the money either way. Totally. Totally, totally. Then we go to the... 185 pounders we have jordan johnson coming in on a three-fight winning streak in the ufc against debuting adam yandiv yandiv comes in as a muscle shark being all sorts of bodied up he is a motherfucking tank nickname that's what i was just gonna tell you too we are in russia everyone so no one's getting tested juice is gonna be flowing the truth. They, they are gonna be swapping blood out drinking baby blood Damn. uh cutting stabbing cows in the throat and draining their blood shit's gonna Russians? be going on backstage <laughs> <That's Russians? laughs> i just think every kind of blood drinking is gonna be happening backstage <laughs> so so watch out with that horse meat we know this guy's been having his fill Jordan Johnson, though, coming in as the decided 
favorite, being a longtime wrestler, he is 9-0 against Adams, 9-0 The Beard is 9-0 as well, but The Beard's been out for about two years. At 30 years old, he comes in as a powerhouse, has very telegraphed punches, they're super heavy, tons of weight behind him, but he's one of those guys that even though he has submissions, his submissions are muscle cranks where he grabs your neck and, and you it's can't. yeah, it's not that he puts in the right technique, it's that he tries to separate your neck from your body, so you're gonna tap. That's what it looks like. Yeah, he is a frightening mother manga. He just squeezes on your head until you're like, okay, and it's mostly regional guys that he's been able to get out of there. With the punches and knockouts he's had as well, against good strikers, he wouldn't land those punches due to the telegraphed slowness of them. But if they land, they're nu they're nuclear. Jordan Johnson, having that American background, being the foreigner, he's set up to lose, but one of the few times we're going to see the foreigner be the favorite here, there's a decided way for Johnson to win this, and he's done it in the UFC as of late, where he goes for the takedown, wears his guys out. If he can get the submission, he will, but he really falls back on that wrestling, and Amiv, Adam, I mean, is going to end up fighting off maybe two takedowns and then be spent. All sorts of gas, and Johnson's just going to get going. This is one of those fights that if Adam gets the win, it's early in the first round or it's all one-sided Jordan Johnson. I'm going to go decision, if not late round, submission, round number three, Jordan Johnson. I'm going to look to play him. We'll see what the lines are here. Who do you have off the top of your head? I have Jordan decision as well. I just don't know what this other guy has done, and he looks like he's just going to chew through his cardio really quick, which um, the way uh, you said – he was gonna fin he could finish him late with a submission. Did you hear Eddie Bravo by any chance on who stay frosty? Luke Thomas? No, I did not. Uh, and I just thought it was interesting. He was saying about Khabib and Connor that the way he was training Tony is the same advice he'd give Connor for Khabib and his take on Khabib is don't fight to get up. Stop. Yep. He's like, it's the mistake he watches everyone make is fighting to get up, crawling for the fence, getting their back to the fence and trying to crawl up. And that's where Khabib, that's his moneymaker. That's where he falls comfortable. What he was training Tony for was to square his shoulders and square his hips against the mat and fight off his back. Like he was training him right. to like this whole new skill set that yeah. we've never seen in the UFC to train off his back. So I... he. I think it's an, an interesting thing for Connor, like that idea of, because you, you know you're going to get taken down, it's Khabib. Right. I don't know. No, it's a great mindset for fighting. and. But that's kind of where I was thinking about this guy. He's not going to have the wherewithal to for squaring up and fighting off his Adam? back. So, uh, yeah, so he's going to try to get himself up to the cage and do all the work. So you're right. By the second time, he's going to be spent. And so Johnson's going to eke out the decision. Johnson can get clipped, but. 8,700 for Jordan Johnson on DraftKings against the 7,500 for Adam Yandiv. Um, also, the betting line, plus 240 for Jordan Johnson. A lot of people are seeing what we're seeing, and it's that control should really take over in this fight. Then we go to the 205ers where we have, don't tell me, don't tell me, it's it not. We both of these fighters have come in and lost their debut fights in the UFC. One, two, Sam Alvey in Orlando against, uh, which is Marcin Fracinho against Magomed Ankilev who lost his debut 
his first though ever 10-1 against Paul Craig where Ankalev won three minutes or three rounds, four minutes and 58 seconds of that fight. And it was Paul the Craig, same as Dakashvili. It was the same night, too. Yeah, both of them, was it the same night? I, I feel like they both happened was, so close to each other, and we were like, what the hell? I think you might be right on that, or in the same month, maybe. Yeah, it was all... Unreal. But Ankulev, coming in with all sorts of hype, being 10-1 and one now, he is all around the better fighter. You could say that off of a... Him being on top and a good fighter on the bottom that knows how to throw up submissions can catch him. But we haven't seen that from Pacino at all. If anything, he came in as a striker, muscle-bound guy, very heavy, but tends to be looping in his strikes. And if he gets clipped, he doesn't think straight. I remember being in Orlando and watching him walk into a left hand from Sam Alvey, both hands at his hips. Remember that? Mm -hmm. He just walked forward, both hands down because he had been clipped before, and he was... Out. Did we have Sam as our underdog on this fight? I don't believe we did. No? I think... No, I don't think we did. But either way, he came in with all sorts of hype. Being 13-3, and three, the Polish fighter um, looks much scarier than he is in there. Just that fight IQ, bad hand positioning, on the ground he can be a terror. But Ankalev, I think, has all the check marks in all of the other disciplines as well. Other than potentially the power, but... The striking and the movement that I saw in Pacino, all he has is the power advantage. And Alkan Ankulev is a much better striker. So, every check mark. I want to say a finish because if Sam Alvey can get you out of there, Ankulev can as well. But if you can't finish Paul Craig, then I don't know what to think. This is a bit of a toss-up. I'm going with the decided favorite, minus 430 Ankulev. But I do think that this should be probably 2-1 to one favorite against the... Marcin fighter, Polish fighter himself. Who do you have in this fight? I got Ankalev decision. I don't feel I don't feel super confident. I have Ankalev KO round two. I do think he has a really good chin, and he's a young guy that's doing nothing but learning, 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 learning. And I think uh, the Polish fighter, what a Procino, eh, he didn't impress me so much. And it's not because it was. I th I think it was a fast move up quick fight on a short notice for Sam Alvey as well for him. Uh -huh. That was all the reasons. I think Ankalev, after a last loss as for his debut fight in the UFC, he's going to be on a mad tear to get this victory. I did have Ankalev round, KO round one. I'm moving it to KO round two because I do agree with what you have said. Um, I, or And even myself, he's going to be so worried about getting two L's on his record, he might come out a little tentative in the first round. Yep, yep, so, yep, yep. Um, and I'm nervous. I really don't... He didn't super impress me. Neither guy's impressed me yet in the UFC. So I'm really just riding the hype train of everybody else right now. Ankalev, KO round two. Maybe he'll be on half my cards if I can afford him. At 9,100 against yeah, 7,100. Telling you, these DraftKings lines and betting lines, if you're a better this weekend... Good luck. I said it last weekend as well because with as big as these lines are, all you need is one of these underdogs to hit, but they're big underdogs for a reason. They're big, like, the, the matches do not favor them. UFC is might be uh, stacking the matchups for the Russian favorites, which you've been saying forever. You guys should be doing this. Yeah, you make the hometown guys look good. Builds a bigger audience. Exactly. People are more likely to watch the next fights. Exactly. Not set up all the time, but these early fights, 
Let the hometown guy whoop yeah, some ass. Yeah, get, get the crap boiling a little bit. But then we come in with a fight of the night contender <coughs> in Marbeck Tysumov against Des Green. This is such an interesting stylistic matchup. Des Green being 21-7, coming in against the 26-5, Tysumov. Tysumov has multiple fights coming out of that Tiger Muay Thai system. All those beasts out there. He's has... Tysimov has wins over Masvidal, Silva's, uh, Hadzovic's, Patrick's, uh, Gammon in there, Des Green has lost to Rustam Kabalov and Marcel Prezeres, but other than that, at 27-1, he's been a high-level competitor and really used his grappling to get him where he needs to be. Des Green has good striking. Um, Des Green is in one of these weird spots where these guys' is hair gets involved a little bit more and with the judges also being involved in here does group by what i mean with the hair is their hair bounces around and it makes the punches look more devastating than they necessarily are and des green has deceptively good head movement as well he uses his wrestling offensively to really keep the strikes lower um, but tysimov loves to do all that great in the clinch good sweeps on the ground a monster standing striking he's a monster um what I think more happens in this fight is it's Des Green trying to catch up to Tysimov. And this is going to be a split decision type of a fight. I don't think it's a blowout. I know the line see it as that because Tysimov has all sorts of hype. But Des Green's one of these guys that gets into tough fights. Uh, can get out grappled, but has been working on it. He's not chinny. You're right. He's, he's not, not a chinny guy But his out. hair, you see his hair whip around and you're like, oh, Jesus, he's almost out. He's not. It's just because of that extra movement. And a lot of the times he's rolling with the punches and yep. it makes it look so dramatic because of how fast he is and his hair gives you the idea that he got hit, but he didn't at all. Yep. So, yeah. so I'm still going to pick Tysimov. He is a decided favorite here. Um... But I might throw a couple bets and stuff, decision, because I see this more of a split, more of a minus 150 Tysimov versus Dez. Just as fun as I think this is going to be a fight, I don't think it's going to be a flashy fight. I think these guys are going to be clinching because neither one's going to want to give the other one the advantage. Who do you have here? I agree with you. I have Tysimov's decision right now. I do think he's one of the hype trains to be on, but I think Des Green's one of the guys to watch, like look out for. I think he's just getting better and better every fight. This is going to be a great fight. Um, I think Des Green's really going to test Tysimov's cardio, maybe for the first time. He can't come out and burn it too hot, or he's going to burn right out. I have Tysimov decision. I do think he's a guy to watch. I also think he's going to have a really rough weight cut. He is a huge guy. This is probably the reason he has so much knockout power. Uh -huh. 5'11 for the 155 division. That's enormous to me. So if anyone's going to knock out Des Green, it's Tysimov. And it won't mean he's chinny afterward. I do think Tysimov's going to pull this out because if it's close, we in Russia. Exactly. He exactly. a big star. He big star. So Des got a lot of things going against him here, but he's gonna make a valiant effort for sure. How cheap is Des Green? Des Green is seven thousand three hundred against eight thousand nine hundred for Tysimov. I'm gonna speckle Green in a couple spots. He's one of those I think he's gonna lose, but I think the showing is gonna allow some free space in there. For some of these other, again, over 9,000 fighters. And we're fighters. thinking just because they juice their players doesn't mean they ha can't have fair judging, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, who knows? Yeah, I agree with you. So then we go 
to the 155 pound division where we have Rustam Habulov against Raging Kajan Johnson. He wants it pronounced like that. The last Project Spearhead hopeful in the UFC coming in on a one off of a loss off of his last fight being 23 and 13. The TriStar product really likes to counter strike, move away, give up a fight up until the last seconds where he can land really good counters. We know the spearhead affiliation, and to me, and a lot of people, this has set-up fight, set-up all over it. This is the last fight on Cajun's UFC contract, and Cajun has been openly saying, like, after I win this fight, I get to renegotiate and get an even better deal, even though he's been adamant almost as much as Leslie Smith about getting a union in here, and they gave him... A fighter that arguably is making a run for the title with Rustam being 22-3, and three, being on a six-fight winning streak in the UFC, beating people like Chris Wade, freaking Des Green, beating uh, all sorts of other high talent in the UFC. Jason Sago, or Jason Sago, not Justin. Rustam, Habalov, a lot like Tysimov, good everywhere. Good sprawls, good takedowns, on the ground nasty, good sambo player. Good strikes. Does a lot of spinning shit in there as well. But does it because he's so confident on the ground with his sweeps that he's just somebody that you're going to have to catch cleanly. Cajun Johnson is one of these type of fighters that I absolutely hate because he has fluke performances where, as I'm saying before, he runs so much that he frustrates fighters where in the third round they're like, damn, I just want to get this puss out of here because he's pissing me off. And they run into... A left hand that puts him out because Cajun does have power. I don't think Habalov has ever showed that he chases fighters in that mode. But that's what Sago is going to do. I think this is going to be a track meet in here. Where we're going to see one guy running one way and the other guy just chasing. But he's not going to overextend. I have Habalov decided decision. But I don't think it's because he doesn't want to get the finish. And it's I think it's Cajun just willing to take the loss decision instead of being knocked out in there. Who do you have in this fight? I like Havilov everywhere. I just don't think he's a knockout artist in any way, shape, or form. That's why I think it's going to be a decision. And Cajun, and another thing in my opinion, the UFC is over him, and they are trying to feed him every beast they can. (laughs) And he will not get a contract. They are trying to feed him L's to get him the F out of here, and hopefully as bitter as... From what I noticed that the UFC does, um, they they want him to leave on two L's so it's harder for him to get a contract afterward too this is by no means a good fight for him and I think he Cajun Johnson loses every round minus 620 for Habilov. Uh would you consider this a setup fight totally 100% 100% a setup fight by the UFC brass so make your money if you can it's going to be hard to because that's a steep ass favorite on DraftKings 9,500 for Habilov against 6,700 for Johnson. Even if Johnson gets a decision here, I don't think he lands a lot of strikes or gets takedowns. So, it doesn't, DraftKings doesn't even make sense. Same to be said. I don't think Habilov's a finisher, and so I don't think he's worth that expensive price. I would agree with that. I'm going to stay away from Habilov here. It's just a little too steep for the lack of finishes out there that he's had. Then we go to the Bantamweights. 
with Peter Yan coming in against debuting nine and two. What's his name? Jin Su Sun Sun. Jin Su Sun. Jin Su Sun. Peter Yan is nine and one, being the steepest favorite of the night. Coming in debuting against Toronto Ishihara. Peter Yan had all sorts of hype coming in as a decided favorite against Ishihara. We saw why he beat. Isihara everywhere the entire three rounds decided uh, TKO Peter Yan has a gas tank has also likes to spin a lot throws a ton of spinning back fists in there um, been in five rounders in other organizations this is just an immediate injection of title contender at 135 everyone else is seeing it as well Jin Sun Sun is a Korean zombie product South Korean fighter. We know these Korean guys are tough as nails. He's not coming in there to lose, but he's outclassed everywhere. Comes in with a straight right that has a bit of power on it, but does tend to slow down into that second and third round. And just the competition levels that I saw in Sun's few fights I saw on YouTube were low caliber fighters against Peter Yon's much higher uh, caliber in there. I'm going to go with Yon decision. This is the most decided favorite for a reason it's because Jan has a check mark everywhere I'm gonna go with Jan here finish in the second round I think it's a decision I see flaws in Sun's ground game it's good for an Asian fighter in the Asian region but against Russian and Americans there's holes that tend to be exploited and against Jan it's easily one-sided traffic who are you gonna pick in this one I have a feeling Does I know who. Peter Yan look like um who are the brothers that live with the DuPont guy? Um I know who you're talking about. Fought in the UFC for a little bit. Gable. No, not no. Dan Gable, uh Smith. Dan Smith? No. I don't think they did. Schultz. 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 Schultz brothers. The Schultz brothers. Yes. Uh, he looks like the youngest Schultz brother to me a little bit in the face. <laughs> no, no, I don't see that. The Schultz brother in the movie <laughs> or in the real life? In real life. Oh, interesting. Anyway, because um, <laughs> in, in the movie, it's uh, Chatham Tanny. Tanny Chatham, yeah. That's, get that's here. very nice. Um, anyway, Yan KO round two. I don't know anything about Jin Su San. Take it for what it is, but I like everything I saw from Peter Yan. 9,600 for Yan against 6,600 for Sun. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick Yan on a couple spots, not everywhere, because that is super steep. Who is but he? Yoana Yan Jacek? Doom! Even he then. He should not be that much. Even then, that's a lot. It, that's like Christiana Cyborg almost. Well, Yoana is always, she's always in five round fights, and she usually pulls more True. from not knocking women out because of the number Extra of punches rounds. she lies. Good point, good point. Rest in peace, KK. <laughs> <laughs> Poor KK girl. Still, still hurts. Still hurts. So, at the 185ers, we go with CB Dalloway against the debuting Khalid Murtazilev. Not a nickname for Caliber, is it? Halib. Halib. Murtazilev. Halib versus CB. CB is 17. And a coming off a two-fight winning streak in the UFC, beating the people like Hector Lombard six months ago and Ed Herman in the decision. 
we have the 13 and 2 fighter Khalib winning decisions three months ago knocking out Siwi I don't know if that's the same Siwi coming out of the fight night global organization having a couple other knockouts in there um, this is a Russian fighter we don't know his age necessarily all we do know is that C.B. Dalloway has been in here for a long time at 35 years old. His chin has been suspect for a few years against Marquardt, against a lot of other guys. C.B. can hurt people and in trying to finish them, get clipped and be done. Barroso, the gross Barroso did it to him as well. And C.B. with a game plan of wrestling can come in here and take over Halib decisively. Uh, Halib is... I believe Sambo background, but on the ground again, the competition level is much, much lower than CB's UFC American wrestling in there. I think the path for CB is in the wrestling, getting him down to the ground. Striking-wise, I do see CB being a better striker here as well. I didn't like what I saw from Kelly. He was very wild. It did help him out at times, but when he takes this big of a step up, it will bite you in the ass. The only thing that has me super hesitant here is that chin for CB Dalloway. He can catch one of those wild, weird strikes that partially lands, and it'll send him stiff. So, at a different point in CB's career, I would have been a 2-1, to 3-1 to one favorite here. But at this point in his career, he is a slight underdog. I want to go with CB, but I just can't put any trust. I'm going to fade this entire fight. CB is the better fighter here. Just... A little too much experience for him. I have Halib TKO round number one. Uh, and that hurts me to say. This is a wow. coin flip. This is a coin flip. CB can win this fight in a decision. I got decision right now, Halib. And that's because I, I don't know what to pick right now. Who do you got in here? I actually have Dalloway decision. Uh, I just, the other... Uh, Khalid has, has no record. None of the guys he's fought have have more than 10 fights maybe one of the guys has more than 10 fights cb dalloway is a seasoned veteran he got nastily hit when he wasn't looking by hector lombard for the disqualification and you know what he did that i like a lot took six months off mm -hmm. i love seeing it so he's not getting in there to bang with somebody he's gonna try to grapple somebody down and hold him just like you're saying he's got to be smart enough to know he can't just be in there to get his head bashed in for a paycheck. I don't get that. We just said that about Nico him. Price, though. Uh, I know, and now uh, I think yeah. Nico Price, that is the fight that we just watched that makes Nico Price a chinny guy. Yeah, that, I would agree where he needs to take the CB as CB's been doing and been using yeah, that grappling. Nico Price wanted to do that as well. That's what we, we hope for. We it's hope just for. whether or not the power is there. Um I'm going to go with Dalloway decision right now. I don't think I you're crazy, crazy there. I don't think you're crazy. Um, but I'm going to stay away from this fight altogether. Agreed. It's I one agree the, with you. It's one of the closer lines at plus 135 for CB against the minus 165 favorite for the debuter, Halid. DraftKings, 8,400. I bet you that changes before opening. I can see I that being it, coin flip. Yeah, I Minus so. 115 each That'll way. That'll be a pick em. Halid, 8,400 on DraftKings against CB Dalloway, 7,800. I don't think you're crazy there. I could see myself going to decision CB as well. You got to give that veteranship a little bit of credit for sure. Then we go to the 170 pounders. We have another longtime veteran coming in against the debut M1 fighter. And Alexei Kunichkimo, the Russian, is 
perfect 18-0 in his MMA career. Or I don't even think that's MMA. M1 is a kickboxing career. This might be his first MMA match. Tiago Alves being the younger fighter by, or the older fighter by a few months at 34 years old. He started fighting at 21. Been in against Matt Hughes, George St. Pierre, all those elite guys. One of the first guys to really have elite takedown to sit, takedown defense in there. Tiago Alves is the Muay Thai striker. Beautiful knees, beautiful clinch, great leg kicks. Gas tank has really started to show later on in his career. And same with that wear and tear. We've seen brain surgery on Tiago Alves. We've seen his hands, his feet broken. Have have to take two, three years off. And um, it's just a long time. It's added up. Against the other 34-year-old fighters, you could say a lot of these same things. The thing is that we don't know in the MMA community what injuries he came out of kickboxing because they keep that to their to themselves. <laughs> Though, with Alves, you don't have to worry about a takedown here, which is the clear way that most people have been beating Alves as of late. He's been able to use that mixed martial arts to exploit some of his weaknesses in the gas tank and the takedown defense as of late. Alves, striking-wise... I think is a live, live dog in this fight. I know that the decided favorite at minus almost 500 for Alexi is a little blown up. I think Tiago in a striking fight, it, it most advan it's the most advantage for Alves, especially because Alves has underrated takedowns. Alves shoots with a, a hard super double, goes in tight, lifts it, and brings it back down, and he can control you on top. I know I'm crazy. I know people are going to say, B, you must have got to be loose in there because I'm going with the humongous underdog. You got to pick one in the night. Mine's going to be Tiago Alves. I think he's a better mixed martial artist, not an M1 striker. Mixed martial artist. I think he steals these rounds with the takedowns. If he doesn't get taken out of there, a lot of people see the knockout finishing. I think Tiago Alves gets cut a lot in fights, but I'm scared. Don't everybody follow me. Don't give me some nasty-ass tweets when this doesn't come through because this is a risky-ass play. But I'm going with the underdog in Tiago Alves. I don't know. I don't know why. I got a hair in my butt. I don't know what to say. Who do you have in this fight? I have Tiago Alves. Oh, You know how I am, though? I go with who I know. And it seems to pay off. I Anytime I follow suit with what the crowd's doing, it really fucks up my... Uh, picks for the night. I just am going to go with what I know. Tiago Alves has been in there with UFC slayers who've been in there with other UFC slayers. No offense to this other guy. I'm sure amazing kickboxers. He might be one of the best kickboxers in the world. That is just one facet of the game. And if somebody can get you down, guess what you can't do? Kickbox. Get back up. Kickbox. And then, then you're over. This guy... I don't love Tiago Alves... But he isn't quite a fave for me yet. And now, lo- losing to Jim Miller doesn't seem so bad, does it? Good doesn't point. seem like such a bad deal. It looks like, no, Jim Miller still got it. Maybe Thiago does too. Alves, KO round three. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Alexi coming in at 9,000 on DraftKings against 7,200 for Alves. If you have any inclination, you know you're going to put him on a few cards. I'm going to say... 70% of cards I'm going to put to you, maybe 60% um, because he is such a big underdog. That line does tend to play on my heartstrings plus 350. You're looking to make a lot of money if that cash is through. Uh, it's not going to be easy though. 
it's not going to be easy. Yeah, this it's going to be a weird night, but I do think it's going to be a weird night of underdogs. I think we're going to I'm hoping we're surprised by how fair the judges judges are because we know they appreciate wrestling over there. I hope and you're it right. It seems like all the strikers that they have set up, they've set them up against wrestlers, which that does not seem does not seem smart. We'll see. Then we go to the heavyweights. Andre Arlovsky against Shalim Akhirov. So I don't expect the judges to be. I was at thinking all. that too. I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's Russia, Russia. If we know anything, maybe we know. I'm a Russian agent. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh, that did it. Yep, done. That did You're it. You're on a list. This will be our most listened to Lesbo and the Bean. Yeah, it's all gonna be CIA <laughs> listens. <laughs> oh, Department shit. of Defense. Shit. Thank you very much. With all these crazy names we're throwing out here, we have two I have my Brigitte Nielsen from Rocky Four haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're coming in with two tenure fighters, Andre Arlovsky being a former champion, uh, coming on a bit of a resurgence, 27 and 16, the Winklejohn fighter has stayed around in the heavyweight division a lot longer than most of us thought against the 18 and 4 Akdurahimov losing to Der- Derek Lewis but getting a win to Chase Sherman also beating a couple other he- heavyweights in Wah Harris and Anthony Hamilton which you know how I feel about those guys but uh <laughs> the Russian fighter Shalim comes in with a heavy overhand right tough as nails okay gas tank is a bit of a grinder Andre Arlovsky has got a good jab okay power chin has been suspect but better in his last few bouts than uh late and really shown that he can grind out gritty decisions losing a split decision to Taisumov or tied to Ivasa which everybody thought Tuivasa was easily gonna run through Andre Arlovsky I think that chin is showing he ate big shots in there Akdurov Himov does land more heavy one shots but they're very linear Akdurahimov throws a jab into an overhand right, and that's it. It's just one straight-in movement where Andrei Arlovsky is a good enough striker to duck that shot, get a clinch. It's on the ground where I think this fight is going to really play out. And Andrei Arlovsky has been a Sambo champ for a long time. I like Andrei Arlovsky's boxing of late. That's what I'm saying. I love I'm it. saying he's had a good yeah, jab and I'm really agreeing. been able to move around. Uh, really do well. In this fight... um. I got a dirty-ass split in here. I think the lines are right spot on here. This is going to go minus 115 by the time it goes out. Andolovsky being the plus 110 near-even underdog against the minus 135 Akdurahimov. I'm going to say give me Andre Arlovsky for the decision. I hate myself. I'm going to need to take a shower early on in the day, a little midday shower after this one. But going with dirty-ass split, I don't like it. I don't like it. No me gusta, but I'm doing it. Going with the pit bull in this one. I think Abdurahimov is chinny, and I think Arlovsky can find that chin. I think Andre, I wanted to fade him a little while ago, and for whatever reason, he has gotten out of his own way and decided uh, to, as you would say, dance with the girl that got him there. Um, and he's just been winning fights or looking good doing it. Yep. And the ones that, you know, the last one that he lost, uh, it wasn't, it was... 
it was a dirty split, in my opinion. That could have gone either way, and he was in the hometown of another guy. This could be kind of similar to the Tai Tuvasa fight, where it goes down to the end. I just don't think Abergahimov is even close to Taya Tuvasa uh, talent. So I actually think he um, Arlovsky is going to find the chin in round two, but I do have round three knockout. I was actually in my head seeing an, uh, that uppercut for Arlovsky mm-hmm. land. I think he has the nicest boxing lands. in the division, in my opinion. It's come together really well as of late. Interesting, two underdog of the week contenders back to back. Go with what I know. That's going to be my new saying that I have because this whole card, I feel that way about the whole entire thing. I'm going with the guy I know. Interesting. Interesting bouts. Then we get to the co-main event at 205 pounds. We have Jan Blachowicz against returnings Nikita Krylov. Krylov was in the UFC, has had nine fights in the UFC, got kicked out, went on a four-fight winning streak, and has come back. And in that four-fight winning streak in Bellator, and where else did he fight? Um, Fight Night. Fight Night Global as well. Fight Night. Oh, it was all Fight Night Globals. Either way, Krylov, I watched those fights on the Global Series. Um, The Russian juice is flowing. Because he turned from a young man to shredded up body. He looked like Luke Lock, Luke, uh, Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold. Thank you. You heard me. You knew I, what I was I trying to it. say. I was picking it up. He was. Uh, he really does look like that. All sorts of shredded out. Where Jan Blachowicz, at 35 years old, the Polish fighter, has been a steady money train in there. Losing a couple fights due to those body shots. But really shown that his grindability, takedowns, and just... Grittiness in there keeps him alive in the division. Krylov, though, is getting that Angela Hill treatment to me. Went down, lost a couple fights in the UFC, went and beat up some schlubs, got confidence under himself, got the juice flowing a little bit, has weaned himself off of the juice. Are you saying Angela Hill's on the juice? Uh, Actually, (laughs) no, I could see that, but no, she's not. She's a little too skinny. Um, But Nico She got that booty, though. She got that booty, though. <laughs> so, Krylov, though, in those fights at Global, even though it was lesser competition, he just moved better than he did in the UFC. It looked like he was finally growing into his body. Throwing all sorts. Nikola Krylov's in his UFC run, has all finishes or all losses by finish. Never went to decision. He is live or die by the sword. Krylov can get, be getting beat up in there and then pull off a flash submission or flash knockout because he throws very unique strikes in there with some spinning shit and then just... I, I don't know if fortune favors the brave at times, but he just throws shit out there that will land on big guys and he does have power. I like Blockowitz in this one uh, for that grindability. I like most grinders, but I do think that the... Changing of the guard is coming here, and Krylov did a good thing by stepping away for a bit. I don't think blocks can get Krylov to the ground this time around, and I think Krylov seen that body shot that we've seen against Block, and I think this is a body shot finish in the co-main event for the young up-and-coming Nikita Krylov at the 205 division. Can't wait to see other fights for this young man. Who do you have in this bout? I feel burnt by Krylov and I'm not ready mm-hmm. uh I think uh Blakovitz is a huge 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 step up for a guy like Nikita Krylov 
I don't think he, I, I think Blakovitz is going to grind him out and maybe submit him by the end of round three. Um, he shows that he can be ground out and in fight night, I got to think that they took Krylov and set him up with all uh, stand-up fights that he didn't have anyone testing the ability of um, his his grind and his cardio. And he doesn't go to finish. You know who will get him to a decision if he wants? Blockovitz. You know who will make him tired and likes to ruin a lot of fights and make him seem boring because he just wears on guys? Jan Blockovitz. So I have Blockovitz. Submission round three. I'm going with what I know again. <laughs> I love it. And this is a minus 115, minus 115 coin flip here at Lappy. We got it split. And I do like what you're saying. I do tend to stick to the grinder. I'm just saying, uh, what I saw in there, maybe he was fighting can, tomato cans, though, is why Krylov looked so good, but his body made a change. He made a change when he went back to Russia. I believe that. <laughs> I'm just saying, what I see, smell test, didn't pass it. Did not pass it. Then we get to the main event with the big boys. This is definitely a sneaky main event with Mark Hunt coming in against Alexei Olenek, the Ezekiel master himself, getting the only two Ezekiel chokes ever in the UFC. We know what we get with this crafty 41-year-old fighter. One of the few guys almost as old as Mark Hunt in here. At 56 and 11, very tenured fighter, Olenek likes to get people to the ground and submit them. It's what he does. His striking is very, uh, Habla, or not Habalov, Abdurrahman where it's throw a jab with a heavy overhand, right? But it's not to even land for Olenek. His is to clinch up and get you to the ground. We know that. We've seen it. It's what I know, what I see with him. And what Mark Hunt does is keep the range and beat you striking. He's at tied to Ivasa. What ties now become is because of Mark Hunt, we know what Mark Hunt does the best in there. And it is keep you off of his legs and cut you by a thousand pieces, if not walk off home run what i don't like is in that curtis blades fight blades showed what good takedown defense did to olenek and olenek started to flounder in there in a few other fights we saw olenek literally grab victor pesta by the back of the neck and jump pull him into guard to get that ezekiel toke he did that twice people got to see that coming mark hunt's got to see that coming so mark hunt has a good clinch game as well in that muay thai he can win a lot of those clinch exchanges which that's the last attempt that Olenek has. He's not one of these guys that shoots a good double leg on you. He's one of these guys that grabs you and pulls you down. And anytime I see one of the, any fighter do that, I bet against them because it's a matter of time till a good top guy really ruins your night in there. With all that being said, the craftiness of Olenek, he has such unique submissions that it only takes once to get Mark Hunt even partially down. And it's night-night with an ankle lock, knee bar, Ezekiel choke. That's the type of level we have here. These are two ultra veterans where Mark Hunt can also throw a little shovel pump to get that right coming down to finish Olenek. Olenek, though, we have seen in that Blades fight as well, is him try to use that game. He was like, oh, Blades hit hella hard. Oh, that was uh, that was illegal. I don't want to get back in there. And we almost thought Blades was going to get that fight taken from him. Because Olenek was like, fuck this. Like, I'm not going to get back. That was back of the head. Yeah. When it wasn't. So, when push comes to shove, I've seen Olenek give up a little bit more than Hunt. Even when Hunt's been out ground in his last fights, he's given a valiant effort. So, I'm going with Mark Hunt to get the knockout. But, I'm staying away from this main event. It's five rounders. 
doesn't need to be. Olenek has no business being near a five-round fight. So <laughs> I just feel like every second this goes past the second round becomes more and more Mark Hunt's game. I picture Mark Hunt grabbing the bag of Olenek's head and uppercutting. Totally good call. I, that's Better how I clinch. picture the whole thing. He's going to try to come in for the Ezekiel choke that Mark Hunt's just trained for. Mark Hunt has good ring IQ. He's had huge guys on top of him like Brock friggin' Lesnar. Yep. We all saw him just get just elbowed, elbowed, elbowed. I don't think Olenek has the power to flash knockout Mark Hunt, and that's the only kind of real knockouts that Mark Hunt gets are flash knockouts. So I like Mark Hunt here too. Again, I'm going with the guy I know, not that I don't know Olenek, but I just know Mark Hunt a little better, and it feels good. At 8,600 for Mark Hunt, he is the favorite at minus 235 against the plus 185, 7,600 Olenek. Uh, I am going to put Hunt on a few cards, probably 70% of my cards, 60% of my DraftKings cards. Going to make a couple bets in there uh, inside the distance on Hunt. Any other props I won't have too many. I'll probably a little under 50% just because... Hunt is a shorter guy, which makes that Ezekiel choke a little easier to obtain, in my opinion. So I, it makes me nervous. Interesting. So. so who else would you say who's a definitive Leslie Smith underdog pick? Last week, it didn't come through. Who did we have last week as our underdog? Stamen? Price. Oh, Price and Stamen. It was go. between them two. And we should have gone, oh, Stamen and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're in the same boat here. We got to pick a little more. A little better this time around. I'm disenchanted with the Leslie Smith underdog pick. I just feel like since she's left, it hasn't worked. I think it's worked a few times. But, I mean, we could have a retirement. We could have just an underdog pick. I could see where eventually that Project Spearhead, say it ain't so, might affect us negatively in the UFC's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Cajun. We don't care about They're that. They're setting them up. We they said no Cajun. That. They said on my girl, Leslie Smith. What do you think Lab B's got? The legal team is, I mean, they paid by the hour, but... We don't want to be Ariel Hawani'd right from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say, um, if you are in the path of Hurricane Florence, be safe, because we have some listeners in the Carolinas and Virginia. <laughs> and thanks for listening, and maybe... Uh, you won't hear this until you are living on your generator and waiting for the power to come back on. And Lesbo and the Bean can keep you company. So thanks for listening. Let's go the Bean. Thanks for listening to Lat B. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.